this time, each and every Arab Shabbos, we turn to Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Miriam. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Before I begin in the usual way in introducing Parshas Re'eh, I'm sure everybody joins me in just trying to articulate our feelings on behalf of Nachum Siegel and his family that are sitting Shiva for the passing of his late mother Esther, Sechrona Levracha. I just want to say that during her lifetime, Nachum, not only being a devoted son, his programming on the radio brought her such joy and keyboard aim. I want him to know and all of us that his continuing his special Avodas HaKodesh of making available Jewish Divrei Torah, music, culture, current events, pride in being a Jew to so many thousands worldwide will be an Eloi for her Neshama. Tehei Nafshot Sarura Bitzror HaChayim. This Shabbos we have the privilege of reading Parshas Re'eh. Parshas Re'eh contains, according to the Chinuch, 55 mitzvos, 17 positive and 38 restrictions. There are many mitzvos. I would like to begin with, I'll say, one of my more favorite mitzvos, only because I believe in this regard, as in so many others, our Torah is so unique. What does that mean? If you were to look at other constitutions, I can't imagine that there's another constitution in the world that legislates or mandates that one takes a vacation. After all, too many of us know workaholics who don't allow themselves to take a vacation. In the fifth aliyah of this week's Torah reading of Re'eh, the Torah introduces us to Ma'aser Sheni. Ma'aser Sheni is a very interesting mitzvah. It basically says to the Jewish farmer that each and every year you are to tithe your crops. The Torah says you are to give truma to the Kohen. The rabbis tell us the ideal is 2%. So 2% of your produce goes to Mr. Cohen, the Kohen, for Truma. Then you take the next 10% of what's left and you give that to Mr. Levy. Mr. Levy gets Ma'aser. And then in addition, after the first 10%, you then designate a second 10% called Ma'aser Sheni, which in the first and second, fourth and fifth year of the Shemitah cycle, is taken the produce and eaten in Yerushalayim in a state of purity. If, however, 
the produce is too much to take and too difficult to transport. You live in the north, in the south. To bring it to Yerushalayim is challenging. So what does the Torah say? You can exchange it for the monetary value and you bring that money to Yerushalayim where it is to be consumed by eating food, drink for yourself, friends, family, as opposed to buying a furniture which you can leave Yerushalayim in one day. The Torah wants you to spend time in Yerushalayim as the Gemara Baba Basra tells us for the purpose of basking in Yerushalayim. You're going to be uplifted by the environment, by the Kohanim, by the Sanhedrin, by just being in Yerushalayim. Now this is such an important point, and think about it. This is an imposed vacation. Aside from coming Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkos, you had to come to be with the Meiser Sheni. I love it. I want to focus this morning on a mitzvah that is especially appropriate for this year. In, re- in reality, once in seven years. But this year is a Shemitah year. Now we know that there is the Shemitah's Karka, whereby in Eretz Yisrael they have been addressing the issue as to how to treat the produce of the land and this is not the time to go into Shemitah's Karka but one visiting Eretz Yisrael or just speaking with friends and relatives in Eretz Yisrael they'll explain to you having been there just recently how in the various stores the produce is labeled that this is based upon Hetemachira, and this is from Chutzla Aretz, <coughs> and this is from <coughs> that which has been grown hydroponically. All different choices are there in response to this being a Shemitah year. The Torah tells us, in addition to Shemitah's Karka, there is a mitzvah of Shemitah's Ksafim. Shemitah's Ksafim literally means the release of loans and debts. Namely, with the completion of the Shemitah year, Miketz Sheva Shanim, at the end of the Shemitah year. In other words, <coughs> with sunset on Erev Rosh Hashanah this coming year, and this Shabbos, is Rosh Chodesh Elul. So we are one month away from Rosh Hashanah. The Torah says that with the setting of the sun, those debts which had not been paid, they are abrogated. The Malve, the creditor, does not have the right to go after the debtor, the borrower, to collect the money. Now, stop for a moment and ask and pinch yourself and say, wow, let's try to understand this. Now, just as the laws of Shemitah's Karka, of releasing the land, is for the purpose of bolstering our emunah, our trust and faith in God, 
that even though the farmer is not going to work the land, the land is still going to produce. And Hashem is saying, rely upon me. What if I'm not a farmer? How does the businessman have this kind of injection of emuna and bitachon in his life? And therefore, the Torah instituted the law of Shemitas Ksafim Ksafim from the word Kesef monies, that the monies that are owed you, it's your money you lent it to a person interest free, and now guess what that person after this, um, the end of Elul, starting with next year Rosh Hashanah, he can wish you a Ksiva Vachasim Tova, a good year, and whatever the amount of money that he owes you, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, ten thousand, whatever it is that he owes you, he no longer owes you the money. And not only that, open up the Chumash to chapter 15, Pasuk, listen carefully now, 9, where the Torah says, look here, one could only imagine that perhaps if it is, let's say, in the beginning of the Shemitah year, X number of months ago, or even last year, that somebody would come, one Jew to another, and say, could I borrow a sizable sum of money? So the lender might say to himself, uh-oh, it's getting a little bit too close to Shemitah, and therefore... I'm going to sit this one out. I have the money to lend him, but I'm not going to lend him the money so that because I don't want to lose it. So listen to what the Torah says. And for the interest of time, I'm just going to translate it from the art scroll. And this is again, chapter 15, Pesach 9. Beware, lest there be a lawless thought in your heart. Now, Oscar was a big gentleman here by translating the word lawless, belial. That's a very harsh word. Evil would be even maybe a better translation or a more direct translation. A person will have an evil thought in his heart. What's the evil thought? Saying the seventh year approaches and the year of remission, and therefore you will look negatively upon your destitute brother and you'll refuse to give him the loan so the Torah says he's going to appeal against you to God and it will be a sin upon you amazing now this is how strong the Torah is advocating that we show care concern for the next one and after all, as the Orachayim HaKadosh says, again, later on in, or excuse me, in the, in the introduction to that paragraph, in verse 7, chapter 15, 7, where the Torah says, Literally, if there shall be a destitute person among you. Among you means literally living in your community, living uh, in Eretz Yisrael, living in somebody that, after all, another Jew. But says the Orachayim HaKadosh, so powerfully. What is that word, which means in you? God gave that which is coming to the poor person to you. God gave you more so that you should help the next one. An amazing thing that in this world many of individuals have either or a test of poverty or a test of of wealth, meaning I have not yet enough, I still believe in God, and I have 
forgive me more than what I need and what am I going to do with it? Am I going to keep it and hoard it for myself or am I going to share it with others? You have Evyon. God gave you more so that you can help the next one. And that's a famous Gemara in Baba Basra whereby Tunis Rufus, Harasha, asks Rabbi Akiva, why doesn't God take care of the poor by himself? And Rabbi Akiva's answer, listen to this, is so powerful. And that is that sure God can take care of it. But the reason why he gave us the mitzvah of tzedakah found in this week's parasha is to save the wealthy from, and I don't want to say it on the program, from H-E-L-L. Amazing that Instead of our saying, tell them a shulach, I'm not home, and oh no, just the opposite. Embrace them. Say thank you. Yes, they have to be legit. You have every right to investigate. But now let's get back to our topic. A very, very powerful idea. So now, the Talmud tells us, and let me explain this because this is very, very important. It's found in the Mishnah in the Gemara Gitin Lamid Dalid Amid Beis. The Gemara is found on Gitin Lamid Vav Amid Aleph 36a spilling over to 36b. The Gemara tells us that Hillel Tikain Prusbul, that Hillel instituted a document known as a Prusbul. A Prusbul is a document whereby an individual transfers the personal debts that are owed to him to a Bezdin. And based upon the literal understanding of the verse, which says that loans that you have that are coming to you are to be foregone and are to be pardoned by the Shemitah year at its completion, that which is coming to you, as opposed to that which is coming to the Bezdin. So the Talmud asks immediately, wait a second, how was Hillel able to do this? If the Torah says the loans are supposed to be released, how could he come up with this idea called a prusbal? And the Gemara gives a very important answer, which you need to know the background to all of this. And that is as follows. Based upon the Pasuk again in this week's parsha, the Zedvar HaShemitah Shemot, this is the law of the Shemitah, the release of monies, release. The Talmud tells us the following, that there are two Shemitahs. There's a Shemitah of the land, release of the land not to work it, and a release of debts. When the first one, the release of land, Shemitah's Karka, is in effect on a biblical level, then the release of debts as well is a biblical law. But when we don't have the institution of Yovel, the Jubilee year, as found at the end of Ayikra and Pasha's Bahar, because we don't have a majority of the Jewish people living on this land, and we don't have the tribes in their respective places, then since, listen carefully now, the laws of Shemitah, when it comes to the land, is rabbinic and only rabbinic, so too the laws of Shemitah's Ksafim, the release of debts, is only rabbinic. So from the Torah, these laws are not binding. One Jew lends another Jew a thousand dollars, with or without a prusbal from the Torah. Today, the 
the lender has every right to go to the borrower and say, where is my thousand dollars? The rabbis, however, said, wait a second, we don't want this law to be forgotten. So the rabbis said, we still want to use these laws of Shemitah Ksafim. Then Hillel saw, wait a second, people are not really lending. Because after all, I'll lend you the money, I might not get my money back. So because the environment is one that we're dealing with a rabbinic law, and I don't mean to give the impression that rabbinic laws are not important because so much of our Jewish practice is rabbinic law, but given the circumstance here, and given that we're dealing with an interest-free loan, and given that we're looking to help not just the lender, but let's not forget the borrowers, those persons that need money to make a wedding, to buy a car, and to for business, all different things that they need money for, and another Jew is ready to lend them the money interest-free. Wow, this is what Hillel did, and Hillel instituted the Prusbal, which reminds us of this law of Shemitah Ksafim, which reminds us of our pining for the time when, please God, we will have that third Beis Hamikdash, that Yovel is going to be biblical, that this law will not be in effect at that time, the Prusbal, but rather these laws, these debts will be cancelled, and we'll be privileged to see a greater clarity of God's presence in our midst. I just wish to say it's a practical thing between now and Rosh Hashanah. Listen to your local rabbi and find out when the schedule is that he will be available with two others for the purpose of establishing a Bezdin whereby you will transfer. You don't have to bring the IOUs. You don't have to mention to whom you've lent money. Privacy and dignity is maintained. It's a simple form whereby you say, I hand over to the court, to the Bezdin, those debts that are coming to me and thereby enabling you to collect them after Rosh Hashanah in the forthcoming year. I trust that this is clear and understood. If not, please contact your local Rav for all further questions. Wishing everybody Shabbat Shalom and a meaningful Chodesh Elul preparing us for the forthcoming Yom Shabbat Shalom to all.